You are listening to the Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Well, welcome to the Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. I am one of your hosts, Haley Shanley, along with Matt Skubik. And joining us again this week, Bobby Warrett and Ryan Utenin, our race director and assistant race director. And we have a bit of a roundtable chat going this week. We're talking to Kenny Mandrick and Christopher Takis. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, what have you been up to since we last saw you, like three days ago at ERX? Uh, right now, we're actually working on the vlog. Nice. How's that going? Uh, we're about six minutes in. <laughs> right. So on. what's the goal with the blog? Just to kind of give fans a different perspective or what's your guys' like full game plan? I think like being from us to our game plan is um, starting out like being us as privateers and give give everybody that doesn't know what Snowcross is about an inside look and what it takes and what we do and especially like how cool it is to be around with the big teams and and into more people and really show what it's like where where you won't get to see um, from the pits or if you even if you just came to to watch the races to really give that inside look. Big That's- question: Did I make it in there again? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You're in there. <laughs> Now, Christopher, you're not only, a, you know, Kenny's mechanic and so busy working on sleds, but you also find time to be a photographer and work on content. So, like, how do you balance all of that on a race weekend? Um, you know, normally on the weekends, you're looking for like a night to sleep in. But sometimes I just can't sleep in. I'm up early for work and then coming home after race weekends, usually my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is busy with the vlog and getting stuff ready for the next weekend. So luckily this weekend we don't have another national, so some time to catch up on everything. Mm-hmm. You, you guys, guys do a lot of Eagle River. Are we looking forward to Eagle River? Yeah. Have you guys yeah, been seen there before? I've never been there. No, me either. That's a it's a cool facility. Bobby, Ryan, have you guys been there? I have not. Negative. I know Haley has. I've been we've both been there for the Derby, and it's it's an impressive place. And they posted a video uh yesterday that all the snow they have there so yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be big hopefully and who knows in the years to come what what might come of it but yeah i'm looking forward to eagle river but to the racing side kenny how did erx go for you uh pretty good throughout the last part of the weekend i struggled a little bit on friday uh with just trying not to trying to stay on the sled and uh but we still did good um, I like the track the week this weekend. I, I liked it um, actually the best on Saturday. It was at first, um, I don't think I liked it because it was like rough and like there was not really any good lines to, I couldn't find any like, good flow. But then in the second heat, I, I found some good lines and was able to find them. I really liked it there. I actually liked it better in the heat races than the final when it was right smooth. Bobby, was, was it Friday? Was track? it Friday or Saturday that you tried to uh, Superman off the finish line? Uh, <laughs> that was Friday. That was Friday. I, I almost uh, got my freestyle license there, but not quite. <laughs> Bobby, what did you think of the track last weekend? I think it was too. I mean, I'm not racing on it, obviously, but from taking feedback from from everybody, um, I felt all in all, it was all right. Uh, it was back and forth, you know, sometimes it was too rough and then there wasn't enough rhythm. You, you get all sides of it. Right. But all in all, I think there was more positives than, than negatives. At least I, I hope, 
Um, but it's tough to make everybody happy because there's so many preferences for what they want for a track, you know. Uh, but me as a spectator, I thought it was cool. I liked the, I liked the layout. Um, I liked that it was shorter than the first ERX, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm more of a short track racing fan myself versus the long track. So, um, yeah, all in all, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. I didn't like the injury side of it. We had a few too many of those on Friday, uh, but I think come Saturday we turned that around on the on the track as far as what we did to it, and hopefully it pleased the majority, anyways. Did the event and, you know, being at ERX and seeing all the, you know, the fans that showed up, the response to it, is it just me or did it really f- take us back to like 2012, the last event we have there? Like, I'm just thinking of this big panoramic picture that's up at the Carlson Motorsports race shop and it just, it looked so much like it. And um, I don't know, it just felt like it was like, I feel a little bit reinvigorated after that race. Like it just kind of brought me back to years ago. Is that just me or am I crazy? Well, it feels like normal. Like for me, at least, I feel like, um, you know, a couple of races this year, there it hasn't been normal with masks and everything regarding COVID. But as far as like this weekend, I just feel like it felt like a snow cross race again, which was cool to see. Definitely. Yeah, Warm temps really helped. Oh, it was it was nice being out there in uh, 50 degrees all weekend. Yeah, you were yeah. in a T-shirt. I was. Kenny, how was it from a racer standpoint? You know what I mean? Like you're on the track, you're obviously focused, but it's got to be a more of, an, of a rush for sure when the stands are packed and there's people everywhere. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely better uh, to see people out and about. You know, it kind of brings the vibe, the, the vibe up. I know the first ERX there when we had no fans, it was definitely weird. So um, being able to be back there again in the same year with a house full of fans and, and people it was, was definitely good. I felt uh, very, yeah, like I said, the vibe was great throughout the whole weekend. That's good. And let's talk about your season. I'll start with you, Kenny. You know, six podiums, two wins, um, you know, a number of qualifier wins, and you were even atop of the Ride X 365 power rankings for the sport class for a minute there. You're second in points. So how are you feeling about everything this season up to this point? Up to this point, I'm very happy. I've never done this well uh, throughout every year that I've um, been racing snowcross. So it's definitely a huge milestone for us to, to be in second in points right now and be, be in, in the chance for the points lead. Um, with I like, We wouldn't be able to do it without Christopher. We are a team together, and, and uh, we're just so happy with what we've become, but we know there's more in us to get up to the next level. In- Look at C-Tech, little grin there. You <laughs> shout out to smiling. <laughs> no, you guys seem like you have such a good dynamic. Like, how did the two of you get t- connected, and how long you've been working together? Um, it was kind of through high school. Like, our our dads know each other pretty good, but I didn't really know of Kenny until high school. And then we talked in high school, but we didn't hang out overly too much. And it all started when. I went to Shakopee, I think in 2017 it was. 2017. 2017, I went to and No, 20, it'll have been 2018. 2018, sorry. And they were working on changing shocks. And it's just, I seen that there was like frustration. Like they were struggling to get the shocks changed in this little trailer they were working in. So I ended up helping them. And then nice. that, that weekend finished out and we went home and he's like, well, I don't have anyone to go to Deadwood with. So then I went to Deadwood with them, and that was the year we actually did the rest of the series out of the back of the truck. 
so then from there, it kind of just took off and been with them ever since. That's awesome. And now, uh, Kenny, was you were just saying how this has been your your best year ever. The results are there, and you just seem to have this this energy about you both. Um, so let me ask you, Christopher, like, what do you feel is different this year? Trust um, the sled. Got to trust the sled. Yeah, you got. That, that's a little vlog uh, vlog comment they always make. Um, I think the big difference this year is just that we're both down here. Um, I'm working down here now, got an engineering job in the fall. So I've basically been living down here. And now with Kenny living down here because of the border being closed, he's able to ride every weekend. And it's just, it's a constant working on snowcross instead of going home during the week to work. So, cause I mean, he was working through the week last year between races. And now this year he doesn't have to focus on that. He can focus solely on racing. Kenny, Kenny, about Kenny, right? Uh, Is that a job were you going to say, Ryan? No, I was going to ask us to tell them about their other rider out of the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy has, uh, me and Connor kind of grew up together. Um, I think, like, from he was he was born till maybe six or seven years old, and then he moved to, like, 20 minutes away from me, and then into a different school, and uh, we kind of just grew apart there for a little bit. And he never, uh, never rode dirt bikes or, or snowmobiles around with me. So we never really connected. And then um, last summer, um, or no, last winter, his dad started to get him into a little bit of snowcross. He did a few races, a few regionals, one national last year. And then um, with the border being closed, we knew that we had, to, and he wanted to be involved in the snowcross this year and get, and get it rolling for him. And we just didn't know what was going to happen with the border. And then um, his dad, it was actually like a huge sponsor of ours. And so that's how we were able to come to the conclusion that we got to live down here together and, and uh, go to the races and be family together. How old is he? He's 15. Okay. So still in school, online schooling. Yeah. yeah he's online school mm -hmm. right now. Um, I actually think his teachers think he's in Canada. <laughs> but, not anymore um, yeah hopefully they don't watch this then <laughs> yeah exactly um but it's been good with us you know it's it's uh definitely fun to be around here with no parents you know and and able to grow with each other and i uh, think it was a good thing for us for this year for sure so what's the biggest like lifestyle change living wise between living in canada versus living in the states i'd say like living on here there's I've, like I've always told everyone, there's nothing you can't do down here. I mean, if you need something, you just order it and it comes right to your door in Canada. You could do the same, but you pay like double the price and it takes twice as long to get. So it's just, I feel opportunity down here is way, like a way better opportunity than you can have in Canada. Like nothing against Canada, but it's just, there's so much more of our lifestyle is down here and not in home. Yeah, I feel... For lifestyle for me wise i would like honestly i would like drop everything in canada just to move down here if i possibly could somehow just to be able to you know like with motocross and snowcross and the industry that we're in it just doesn't work up there especially where we live maybe if they're a little like down south in ontario it'd be a little bit better but we're kind of in the north and there's nothing around us so it's uh it's i would like i said i would probably drop everything just to move down here if i could just a whole different level of where we want to be. So like from 
say Minneapolis or ERX, whatever you want to call it, how far is that to where you, you're from, like where your family lives? How far is where they live in northern Canada to where to Minneapolis? ERX is about five hours and Minneapolis is like five and a half. Okay. Like if you know where Duluth is, we're about three hours north of Duluth. Okay. Yeah, it's not there right now. <laughs> yeah, we're actually not that far from here, which is which is the worst part. You know, we're stuck and we can't. We're only five hours from home and we can't go there. Yeah. Has there been any update on the border? Like, is it how long do they think it's going to be? It's still closed right now till March twenty first, and then they either don't extend it or they extend it. But I'm pretty sure it's getting extended again. Yeah, the last I heard, they were talking about opening up in in July, but they've been saying that since last July, so I doubt it. Interesting. So who's blocking it? Canada or US? Both sides actually. Like Kenny and Connor can go home, but they wouldn't be able to come back down to the state driving wise. They like you can still get to the states by flying. Um, but going to Canada, no one from the US can go to Canada. Like if you're a US citizen, but if you're Canadian, obviously you can go home. Yeah, see, so like that's crazy to me. Like where I'm sitting four hours from Canada right now. And earlier I was on a plane in Las Vegas and then I can just fly here, but I can't drive four hours to Canada. It doesn't make yeah, much well, sense. Well, it was, the, it was the same deal with like getting the trailer and everything down. They couldn't drive across the border. So I flew home and because I have a work visa, I can drive down. So I flew home, got the truck oh. and trailer and drove it down and went and picked them up at the airport in Minneapolis. Crazy. Wow. Worth it though. Worth it. Yeah. So Kenny, Kenny, what's the plan if the uh, border stays closed? You uh, come for, for this summer. Oh, if, if if the border stays closed for the summertime, I'm like, I got a house in Canada that I just I just got a few days before before I came down here. So, um, actually, my girlfriend has been working really hard on the house right now, just demoing. I'm a carpenter back at home, so when I get home, it'll be put my nose to the grind and get the house finished for the nice. summertime. You can call BW Builders. That's Bobby's company. Yeah, if, you, <laughs> if, sure. if you're if you're stuck up here or down or whatever you want to call it, yeah, give me a shout. There's always work. Yeah. Ryan too. But if um, if the border did happen to open, I would definitely be down to do some like District 23 motocross or to be around any any motocross. I'd be be down on the weekends. So there's a long time between now and next season, but Kenny, you were just saying how you would drop everything to live here in the States because of the opportunity and what it's what being here has done to your snowcross season for the better. So given the opportunity, is this something you would do again in the future is coming down here to live at least for the snowcross season? Yeah, definitely. Even if the, like say the border opened up and I was able to go home, I think it's best for me to do this again. Um, like it's obviously shown in my riding that uh, being down here, being able to practice on a weekly basis has helped helped me and our program. So I would definitely be looking up to do it again. Um, the only thing would be nice with this if I could go home on the off weekends or when there's a week where there's no practice or something. But uh, that's something I have to look into for sure. But that's definitely on the top of the priority list again for next year. All this seriousness from you two is throwing me off. You guys are nothing like this track side. <laughs> <laughs> what do yeah. they do track side? Let's hear Dogs. a story about these two. Oh, watch them with their little GoPro all day. <laughs> <laughs> yep, giving the insides and outs. 
So what is, you know, whether the border's open or not, what's your plan for next season? Can you say anything yet or not yet? Uh, yeah, well, you know, we don't have anything planned other than, you know, we want to move up classes. We want to go up to pro light. I think that, um, I think that I'll be ready for it. I know that I'll put the work in for the summertime to be ready again. Um, it's just the struggle of being private, you know, and struggling with the, the factory teams and, and being against them is tough, especially like, you know, especially it's just two 20 year old kids just trying to, trying to do it. And that's where like, we want to move up and to be better, to be better for both of us. But on the same hand, it just gets everything so expensive, like hundreds of thousands of dollars just to be where we're at. Right. Jody and Nate, you heard it. They want to ride for you. <laughs> I don't think he's picky. I think he'd, he'd take some help anywhere. That's for sure. <laughs> you would you would mention Nate, and I was actually going to uh, ask you about this, Kenny. A few weeks ago, you had a chance to try. Was it uh, Cody or Oscar's sled? How was that? Yeah, I actually got to ride both of them. And uh, Levi... They were doing some testing at ERX um, and uh, Oscar was not feeling the best and Cody was in Florida. So they asked uh, me if I would uh, go out and just ride their sleds and give them some feedback on how it, on how it felt. And uh, to be honest, like I was unbelievable. There was nothing compared to my snowmobile for sure. And uh, yeah, that Is was that a dig, C-Tax? Is that a dig on your tuning? Come on! Don't, I don't, don't know if it was that. so much the tuning; it was the suspension, definitely though. Yeah, it was uh, the the how the sled felt and cornered and cornered on track was the biggest thing that I felt. But it was definitely a dream come true of mine to ride a factory sled. That's for sure. <laughs> what about the uh, snow bike? Are you making a snow bike debut anytime soon? Oh, dude, the <laughs> snow bike was so fun! Um, huge thank you to Jackie for letting me uh, ride uh, her snow bike for the day. Um, we, I had so much fun I, at first, like I've been racing motocross for 20 years, every summer going hard. And so, uh, to get on that thing, I was really, I thought like, oh, this should be easy. And the first thing I like, almost crashed first turn. Cause, but once I got on it a few times and started to realize how to actually ride it, it was, uh, it got, it was fun. And I could see myself. Uh, actually getting one if like say if I wanted to stay in sport class next year and I would do both snow bike and and sport class that would be cool dude that'd be so sick well that's awesome to hear you enjoyed it because it's like they're they're so so different than than a motocross bike like you said but they're they're a lot of fun but sometimes it takes a few laps (laughs) yeah that's and the big like I'm all about bettering myself and it's something new to try and to get better at that's what I'm that's the goal right is to and so if it's something I could get decent at, then I would be interested in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Haley, I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you worry about the future of snow bikes? Um, do I worry about the future of snow bikes? Um, I think it's a very interesting year because of we would have like the field we had this weekend at erx was the biggest field we have all year and it's it was fantastic um so we want to see more of that but i feel like if it weren't for the pandemic and the border being closed we would have had that field all year because there are so many canadians and you know really fast guys from canada like uh yannick and cody and brock that would be here um so that definitely definitely hurts things i know a number of them are planning on coming back um one thing that is scary is 
I haven't heard a firm answer on if X Games is coming back or not. And X Games is, you know, um, it's, you know, have the you pinnacle seen, like, for those the guys. Pinnacle. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Um, it, you know, I don't, I know it was canceled this year, but there's been really no like, oh, we'll see you in 2022. It's just this big gray area. So that's scary. Um, I think the sport is definitely growing because there are good opportunities out there. Like everyone I know who races a snow bike has been just like trying to push this thing on their friends saying, hey, just go try it. Like there are demo days at ERX. So like more and more people are getting exposed to it, um, especially people who have experience on on a motocross bike, bike or race um, cross country moto. Like um, so there's the exposure there. But I think like I don't know. I think it's too, I don't want to say I'm worried about it, but I think like it's, it takes a continuous um, finesse and trying to massage things in on the competition side in order to make it viable for it to keep growing. Because one of the biggest things that snow bike races are faced with right now is the funding. It's just, it's just not there. We don't necessarily have too many snow bike or snow bike specific brands supporting the racing um, at this point. And that's just because it's, it's so new. So I know there's a lot of people investing time and, and money to be in it and, you know, brands as well. So it's it's going to take some time. But to answer your question, I'm not scared yet. <laughs> Ryan, what are your thoughts on the snow bike class in general? I like them when there's a lot. When there's only five, six, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be as fun to watch. Bobby? You know what? Bob, uh, uh, that was a deep. That was a. I was thinking there. Um, I'll be honest. Last year, I think it was Shakopee. There was like 15, 18 bikes, um, and I, I remember watching them. And I remember saying to maybe you, Scoob or, or Carl, I'm like, "Dang, this is sweet to watch." And they are like, take no talent from them, no disrespect to them. Like I appreciate all of what they do, but I, I feel for them in a way to the fact that the hype that was there is essentially right now kind of faded and it's not their doings. It's a lot of factors out there, whether it's the pandemic funding um, interest, whatever it may be. Um, I would much rather see 18, 20 of them as anybody would versus six, because they're not able to put on the show that they could provide. Uh, But that being said, I don't know. Will it come back and be 15, 18, 20? I hope, but I, I'm, I have a, I'm very, I'm hesitant on that. I'd like to say yes, but I don't know. I don't know if it will or not. And if we keep moving forward with just the six, seven, eight of them, you know, we got to do something, whether it be how we, you know, how, how we provide them a show or how they put a show on for us, something has to, to move in the positive direction, if that makes sense. And again, no disrespect to them, but it's just, it went from like this hype to all of a sudden, oh shoot, we only got six, seven of them. And I know they're trying. Like I talked to Jackie and, and Kirschmeyer and, and they like, they're doing everything they can. So hats off to them. But um, I don't know. I, I'm spinning circles with my answer, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I hope it goes well, but I'm hesitant. Well, I also think it's difficult from like a, a series um, side where you're trying to build a track that's good for snowcross, but also. 100%. Keep in mind that snow bikes are going to be racing it as well. And um, I also think that's one thing that we kind of hold back and maybe we can improve on a little bit is giving them, you know, a little, little bit of tracks or whatever the case may be. But uh, 
we're trying and they're trying. So hopefully it all works out. That, that's a good point, Matt. And yeah, to kind of piggyback off of what you were you were saying, Ryan and Bobby is like, you know, the the numbers were so good last year, like COVID aside, like we're, we had a good numbers this weekend. And um, it's still relatively a new sport. It's only been around for um, what is it? Three, three years with ISOC. It's been around for a few years prior to that. But that's when it really, I think, became um, mainstream when it was introduced to X Games as well. So like, where everyone's still learning about, you know, what what format is going to provide the best racing, what kind of track is going to produce the best racing, and two for the brands, these kit companies, um, Yeti Timbersled, they're they're learning on the performance side what makes a a better kit. These machines are changing year after year for the better. So there's a lot of progression there, but um, yeah, it's it's changing, and, and I do see it going in a positive direction currently. Kenny, how do uh, how do you like? going now right after opening ceremonies versus before the moto one being right after opening ceremonies uh to be honest i don't like it um like at all actually we um i'm more of a rough track guy and i feel like that's um better for the sport class i know because like everybody in sport class obviously their goal one day is to move up to the pro light class and if our finals are in a, a nice highway groomed track and we're going to go out and then try and learn on the rough tracks in the next year, it'll be a, definitely a struggle. Um, like, I just feel like everybody's the same speed in the, on a groomed track. Everybody can do every jump. Everybody can hit every line and hit their marks perfect. When, it, when it's rough, it really shows who's, who's been practicing when the time counts. I like that answer. That was good. Bob, you want to piggyback on that? Well, I, to I, I totally respect what Kenny's saying, and I get that feedback from a lot, um, from a lot of the riders, the sport riders. You know, and it's kind of interesting, but the whole thing came up, and we've talked about it. I think I explained it to Kenny and Christopher when they asked, but um, our whole thought process when we started juggling things around, there's a couple different reasons um, for it. Um, number one, we, we were getting some feedback on the snowbikes going first on a freshly groomed track. They put different ruts in a snowmobile wood. There were some certain, um, certain changes to the track that were made for the pros when they came out, that it was a disadvantage to them racing. So we're like, okay, well we can juggle snow bikes around. I know they're going to be fair to do that. And at the same time, being perfectly honest, not including Kenny and, and several others out there, but there's a few, um, riders essentially in, in every class, but in the sport class that, that, makes us nervous i'll just say it that way like when there's a super rough track and again no disrespect to them but we just we don't want anybody getting hurt right um there's a ton of of great sport riders they all do a great job but we as a as a series we're like okay if we put sport first that's going to keep it safer i mean the ones that that do their homework and that that prove that they can ride a rough track that's that's unfortunate kenny being one of them but um, so that was another reason like, okay, we can keep it safer. Cause we just had so many red flags and trips to the hospital. And it's like, man, we can't, we can't see that. But then again, that's not fair to the ones that practice on that rough track. So, um, you know, I'm not saying it's going to stay that way. Um, another idea was the sport goes out there and, pre and preps the track essentially for a great night of racing, moving, moving on from that point. But then again, going back to the sport guys, it's a disadvantage. Cause like Kenny said, they get a, they get a freeway and, and they're not proving themselves at that point because everyone's doing the same. So I'm not saying it's the, 
the right answer or the right switch, but it's just a, a trial and error. You know, there's ups and downs, and I think we'll keep messing with it and, and see what we can do in the future for sure. I think the and the other thing that the thing I do like about it being earlier though is um, the, our wait is not so long anymore. And that's actually a question I was going to ask you, Kenny. Like that was one of our discussions amongst Scoob and Ryan and and Carl and race directors Jesse and Scotty and everybody. It's like you know you guys go to your riders meeting at what eleven I think, and your final prior to this change was at seven thirty. So you guys like. I don't know if that helps or hurts as a racer, but man, you're, you're like, your mind is in race mode for a good eight, nine, 10 hours. You know, this yeah. has got to help a little bit on that. Yeah. That's what, that's what I like about it being earlier. You know, when it was uh, before we would have say when, when the final was at, at seven thirty, eight o'clock, we would uh, have riders meeting in practice and all our heats kind of combined and it's, everything's flowing good. Your body is nice and warm and everything's still fresh in your mind but we're done sometimes at like two, two o'clock and we had a four hour or five hour break if you didn't have to go to the LCQ. And then to, to be able to put your mind back in race time when, when the time comes is definitely tough, you know, trying to get the body back warm, blood flowing. And that's, uh, that's what I struggled with too, with there. You know, one last thing too, we, we thought about for you guys in the sport class, because I love the sport class. I know most of us on this call probably do. I mean, it's fun to watch you guys. And it's always, it seems like there's always anybody could win. Right. But we also thought like you guys are up and coming your next, your next move is pro light pro hope everybody can get there. You know, we give you guys the the first show. So we do opening ceremonies, like, boom, here's your, here's your up and comers. You know what I mean? Watch these guys go and, and you put on a heck of a show. So at, on the disadvantage side, which I, I get Kenny with the track for sure. We're also trying to give you a, a bump if that makes sense and i'm not saying again it's the right answer but just yeah. thoughts that were bounced around yeah no i uh like i definitely like the idea of going first and like you said being like here here's the the like a kind of the excitement of the of the night show i kind of I, I like that a lot it's the only thing the only downside was the highway track but the track yeah which well, we can also racing, make yeah we're all racing the same track so at the end of the day it's racing is racing for sure. But on ISOC's end, we can do our job too, to not make it so, so smooth, you know? Right. Hey, SeaTax, with four round, or four rounds to go, two events, what's Kenny got to do to get that uh, red plate in the championship? Uh, he's just got to stay consistent. Uh, biggest thing is staying on the sled. Um, we've been getting good starts. Um, so it's just all, I mean, we're going to work on it as a team, but it's just being consistent at this point. Like we don't need win after win after win. We just need consistent finishes. Oh, it's Evan that's leading, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is the point gap, guys? I don't even know. Right now it's 14, but I think with drops, we actually gain some on them. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, there's no dropout races anymore. It's all straight up, I believe. Right, Bob? Correct. Yeah. I actually hes I actually hesitated and looked at your screen, Scoob, when you said that. But yeah, in fact, I think last year might have been the first year. Yeah, last year was the first year that there's no throw all races. It's yep. straight up however it's, you it's do. It's straight up. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's inactively. And I I'm, I remember the reason we did that. Um, I wish I could remember who it was. 
because he does a racist. Who does Tim Tremblay help? Yes. Yeah, it was, I think it was him um, two years ago. He had dominated all season. And literally, I can't remember this. Don't quote me on these numbers, but he dominated all season. His throats were like two amazing races because he had to throw it too. He literally threw out like 140 some odd points. And he essentially gave up his championship because he had to throw away races and the races were too, he didn't do bad is what I'm getting at. So like, we all looked at that after that and we're like, is that fair? Like a kid dominates and has to throw away two good races and then get second points. Cause I remember being at the banquet. I'm like, oh yeah, it was Samuel for sure who won. And they announced whoever it was, congrats to who it was. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. So that well, was part of only, the reason. I think it only makes sense. I mean, yeah. he wins championships and there's, I mean, look at NASCAR, look at Supercross, whatever. They don't throw all races. It's, if you finish last one one race, it is what it is. Yeah, I agree, too. You're just not happy about it right now. No, I'm good. Well, it was only four <laughs> points. So, I mean, four points isn't that much. Yeah. yeah, and even 14 points total. Yeah, you can make that in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. At least you found out with four rounds left versus the, you know, last race right but it's like i've been saying all year we don't really we're not trying to worry about points because if you just focus on results the points just come you don't have to worry about getting the points so that's the way i always say to look at it is just worry about your results sure kenny are you the type of guy who like in the morning you look at who you're racing against like in your heats or do you just line up and whoever it is is whoever it is um i mean I don't, I, I used to, when I first started, I definitely looked at it. I was, you know, nervous and, and, uh, every, and everything that comes with racing. Um, but now the only reason why I look at who's in my heats is just to see what heat and what, what race we are, because it's all online now. So I basically got no choice to look, but, um, if like, it, it doesn't really matter to me because now, because, um, at the end of the day, we got to race everybody in the final. So it's, uh, it is what it is. Ryan, you're pretty quiet tonight. Pep up a little bit, huh? It's hey, like, it's like, it's, hey, uh, it's like a half hour past his bedtime. I think, I think yeah, Ryan's really going to put this in the vlog. Yeah. Hey, don't worry from the waist down. It's all bedtime down there. guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is, waist up is uh time for a zoom meeting. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.